Lisa. Welcome to episode 38 of Playing Devil's Avocado. Why, thank you, Claire Isaac. <laughs> I thought I'd do a bit of a professional opener. Good on you. I know. I don't know how professional the rest of it will be, but the opener is very No. Um, All right, stop listening now then, if you're professionals. Yeah, if you're professional. <laughs> yes. Come to the wrong place. This week on the podcast that stops women over 45 in their tracks... <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about biopics or biopics. Biopics. Whether we like them or not. We're talking about yes. Christmas. We've got a bit of Christmas countdown. Christmas countdown. Countdown. <laughs> We've got a bit of what's cooking. We've got um, a couple of big questions. Big questions. We've got some... Um, Beauty spot, beauty spot. We've got big questions. I can't see any big questions. <coughs> well, you just have to wait. You're vivid at all, okay. Yeah, and we've got some culture club. Culture club. Culture club. And I've got a little cough, a little tickle. But that's all right. All right, we'll have to want some water. Yeah, I've got some water here. By water, yeah. I mean gin. Yeah. Mummy's water. All right. Mummy's water. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um, first of all, Lisa, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about biopics because yes. I was very excited to find something you were... in the news um, yes. in the last week, which is that Robbie Williams yeah. is coming to Melbourne yeah. to shoot yeah. his biopic called Better Man. Correct. Now, how do you feel about that? How about them apples? Well, um, Look, I'll obviously watch it. Obviously, I love Robbie. Um, I I do get excited by anything made by the greatest showman people because I I secretly love the greatest showman. (laughs) Um, And they've got another one that they've made that's just about to come out, haven't they? The greatest showman people, which I will try and find the name of because I was Googling it last night. Right, and he also Um, did um, Rocket Man, right? He did... Oh, well, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So he's playing himself... Which I think people are a bit undecided Oh, so about. Robbie plays himself yes. in the biopic. Yes. Now, that makes sense. I was confused about why he was coming out here, and yes. that's why. He's playing himself. Now, I don't know if he's playing himself at every age, because obviously yeah, yes. he's a 50 How are they going to make... Now. Well, they CGI them now, don't they, like oh, they did in the Irishman. Yeah. Um, but he's going to reinterpret and recontextualise his songs, I suppose, a la Rocketman. So you never yes. know, you might have people dancing in the streets and running up cars and, you know, you might have people, um, I don't know, letting them entertain you. <laughs> yes, it has the potential to go horribly wrong, doesn't it? Does. It does, but the best part is he'll be in Melbourne for a substantial period of time and there's going to be all yeah. these jobs. So I'm going to start being a producer all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you suddenly... Um, I'm going to do visual have, effects. Have you... Have you got some trips planned to Melbourne? Uh, I not only do I have trips <laughs> planned to Melbourne, but I've retrained. Yes. Retrained as a as an extra and a and a, also as a um, best boy. <laughs> yes, a best boy. Um, a gaffer. Look, Oops. I um, I'm a bit over the whole biopic genre, but having said that. At the weekend, I did watch Judy. Oh, I love Judy. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I don't like musicals. I don't like music-based things. But honestly, that was so great. Yes, and Renee was amazing. She was amazing. Renee Zellweger was amazing. She was. And and only a few times did I think, oh, there's Renee Zellweger. 
Yeah. Um, so look, I mean, I'm willing to give it a go, but is it a bit? I don't know. Are we over the biopic? I think, I think we probably are. We're um, at peak biopic. We're peak biopic. Also, I don't know. Like, I mean. It's like writing your autobiography, isn't it? You know when those people who are like on reality TV or something write their autobiography and you think, do you really need to tell us about your life? Because you've only been around for a year or whatever. And you kind of think with Robbie, well, you know, do is it is it going to be an enormous success? He, you're not Elton John. No. But he is a great showman. He may not be the greatest showman. He I is a great showman. I, I, he's my hall pass, as you know. Yes. All right, well, we'll wait and see. Surprise us, Robbie. He will. He'll surprise us and he'll entertain us. Yeah. And speaking of entertainment, yeah. that leads us very nicely to segue. Mm-hmm. Culture mm-hmm. Club. Culture Club. <laughs> um, you watched a Christmas movie and you said it's the best Christmas movie ever. And I kind of feel like that means it's still shit. <laughs> uh, look, it... It is shit, obviously. Um, it's called Christmas on the Farm. It's on Stan. It's a Stan original. And the reason I loved it, there's a few reasons I loved it. So it's about a New York socialite, tick. right, <laughs> who's written a book. Oh, tick. Um, who writes a book. No, wait a minute. First of all, her mum dies on the farm in Australia. So she comes back for that. And then the family's going to lose the farm. So she goes back to New York. She's got to write a book. Her agent's like, where's my book? So she writes a book, but she basically rips off her mother's life and diaries for this book. Um, meanwhile, she's already shagged Darren Mullen. Well, Mullen? You would, Darren, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? You would, you would, um, in New York. And then he happens to be the book publisher <laughs> who has to come to Australia to check her out before he gives her a million dollars for her book deal. Right. So he comes out at Christmas mm. to, um, ex- you know, to go to the farm in Australia. So it really is the most stupid film ever, but it's got some very, very funny moments in it. They're quite knowing. They have some little nods to other silliness. Um, Poppy Montgomery, I think, wrote... Do you remember her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she she's the lead, and um, she also wrote and directed it, I think, oh, wow. or had something to do with it. Um, and the thing that I love about it is that she's 49, and she's playing the romantic lead, but there's no sort of mention of that. She just is, you know? Mm. Um, and she's sort of got the, she's not got this ridiculous Hollywood body, and I don't mean that in a nasty way about her or anything like that. She just looks very um, real. She looks like she looks very real, um, but still absolutely gorgeous. Mm. So she's forty nine, and then Darren, what's his face? Is it McMullen or Mullen? McMullen, yeah. Darren McMullen. Well, he's her love interest. Well, he's ten years younger than her, but again, that's never mentioned or anything. It just is what it We've is. Always had a bit of a soft spot for him. I don't know why. Do you know. I do too. Um, <laughs> I really do. And if you, well, you've got to watch this stupid film. I will. I watch, you, it. Yeah. I watch it. I watch it with um, my mum at Christmas. Is that, yeah, watch it with your mum. Um, Poppy Montgomery's great. Hugh Sheridan plays her cousin. And I think it's his first gay role. So he's um, married and his husband has to pretend to be Poppy's husband. So there's a bit of that, what's it called, Carjo Fall right. in it. Right. Um, look, the whole thing is absolute nonsense, but I really, really enjoyed it. Sometimes you just need nonsense. It's like, that, you, do. you know that the Red Notice movie I said it that everyone should watch? Yeah. And, I mean, it's apparently it's the biggest movie ever on Netflix. And it right. is absolute nonsense. But sometimes yeah. if it's good nonsense or sort of entertaining nonsense, you can get away with anything, can't you? You can, you can. Yeah, and also, it's an hour and a half. Oh, no. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I've been yeah. watching Snack Masters. 
which talking think, of nonsense which is really nonsense but i just love it because it's fascinating <laughs> It's it could be a bit shorter, couldn't it? It's really it? long. God knows yeah. what they're thinking. They could have made it into 22-minute episodes. They could. And there's a lot of just ridiculousness going on. I did watch it last night when they were making the drumsticks, which are like cornettos. Yeah, it's just really interesting how... That I stuff's think, interesting. I also think it's really clever to go, you've got to try and make this. I mean, they could shorten the processes. We don't need to see every single process yeah. they've, they're doing. But for the people who haven't watched it, they're basically trying to make twisties... Cadbury's favourites, Cornettos and something else, I can't remember. But they're, uh, oh, uh, Hungry Jack's They make burger. a Hungry Jack's yeah. chicken burger or something. Hungry Jack's um, spicy, uh, angry, angry Whopper and right. chips. And they had to feed the Hungry Jack's Whopper to Hungry Jack himself, the man who invented Hungry Jack's back in the day. So that's interesting. Um, it's got Poe and some guy I've never seen as the host and then Evie Jones, who's just hilarious, as the person who goes into the um, the factories and talks to the people about how things are really made. And then the chefs, each of them who are different sort of celebrity chefs, have to try and work out how, to, how they make these things and then recreate them in their kitchens well enough that they can win. So it's kind of, it's just a cool concept. It's, it's probably not done the best way, but it's a cool idea. Yeah, I don't mind the idea. I just don't want to sit. What I don't want to do is sit through loads of nonsense, cliched reality TV thing, you know, like devices. Yeah. I don't want to sit through all of that. Yeah, you don't want because, to see. Because the of... outcome isn't big enough. You know, no. it's not MasterChef. It's no. not. You don't win um, anything amazing. No, it's just a bit too silly for all of the, you know, you know, going to the advert breaks yeah. and repeating everything. Yeah, and, it you does know, go on a bit. Yeah. I say I was scrolling while it was happening, but you know, yeah. I and it did make thinking. me want a drumstick. So fair play to all the um, <laughs> companies that have signed up to be on it because I mean, it's also interesting. Like, why did if they were doing favourites, they should have just done one cherry ripe or something, you know, and that would have just taken up enough time. But they had to do a picnic and a cherry ripe and a, you know, like, a bit pointless. Mm. Anyway, we've got nothing else to do. It's on nine now, whatever it's called, um, and you can watch it over Christmas when you're really bored. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I've been Thank doing you. is reading the Andrew McCarthy book, Brat, an 80s mm. story, which is... His, I read that uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, it was out in May or something, I think. Yeah. But I yeah. saw someone was talking about it, so I thought I'd read it, and um, I quite liked it. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? It's very, it's quite short. It's short. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, It was especially if you were into the Brat pack at the time in yeah. the 80s, which I was. Yeah. And just hearing yeah. the stories about how Molly Ringwood was really quiet and he didn't really talk to her and how he he didn't even know half the Brat Pack. He didn't even meet them, the ones that were supposed to be in the Brat Pack. Robert Downey was, like, crazy at the time when they met. And, you know, and, like, he, he lived in Jacqueline Bissett's house um, when they made class because he had nowhere else to live and she let him, she used to drive him to auditions and stuff like it's really interesting little Hollywood stories which I thought were really fascinating and he ended up terrible, terribly drinky didn't yeah, he yeah so he, he sort of spiralled out yeah. of control with alcohol and stuff and managed to sort of get over that and he sort of doesn't really he doesn't go into it as much as I sort of thought he would he talks about it but he doesn't the alcoholism mm, he doesn't sort of go right into it. He says he goes to re to rehab and he says he goes to hospital and all this, but he sort of doesn't really go into what happened. But I don't think it's necessary because it's not really about that. It's just about sort of that period of time and what it was like kind of 
being a star when you when you weren't really that great or you weren't making movies that were that great, but you were suddenly very famous at that time. It's very interesting, I thought. Well, yes, I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, mm. Buy it for Christmas for someone. Maybe yeah, if they're an 80s fan of something. And speaking of Christmas, let's do the Christmas countdown. Christmas countdown. Well, this is sort of a big question and mm. a Christmas countdown. Mm. Lisa, what is your gift belief about Christmas? I don't, you have to tell me what that means, Claire. Right, well, so... Caitlin Moran, who is yeah. one of our favourite lady authors, mm-hmm. um, she wrote a piece, she does a column for the Times in the UK, and she did a piece about how we don't need all this stuff for Christmas, no. we don't need to get presents all the time, and that basically you need to be, um, you need to go off what other people's gift belief is, so if they say, don't worry about me, yeah, just buy something for the kids and that's their true gift mm. belief, then you need to actually respect that and do that. I and totally agree with that. Tat. I absolutely 100% agree yeah. with that. So if people say, yeah. I want, um, or, you know, like, I, I don't need anything, but I know that your cousin really needs a hammock. <laughs> or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, then why doesn't everyone put their money in and buy the hammock? That's a better thing because that will make me feel good, you know, blah, blah. So your gift belief is basically what you feel about gifts, what you think mm. you need. Because, of course, what she puts it like when you're under 30, you want ev- all of the stuff. And when you're over 30, you just want to get rid of all the stuff. Mm. She's saying, you know, you get to a point in your house where the best thing you can do is get a back a black bin liner and put all your shit from the hallway in it. Like that's that's that would be an ideal Christmas present for me, actually. Just right. to get rid of a whole lot of shit in the house. Yes. So I don't want shit. What I want is experiences or something I can eat. And then I asked you and you mm. said Yes. Buy me something I can eat, drink, burn or smell. <laughs> yes. Or read. Or read, yes. I should add that. Yeah. I don't I like books. I did um see Timmy coming in earlier and he had a big Victoria's basement bag, which mm. is the big cookware shop. And I'm hoping it's because I have asked for Christmas for a posh salad spinner because Claire, as you know, you say always go the expensive salad spinner. Mm. I do, I do. It's my rule of thumb. So <laughs> I did have a cheap one it's my five motto dollars in my life, Kia. everyone. Yeah. Yes, it's on your um family crest, isn't it? <laughs> and it's just like a, on one side is a lettuce and on the other side is maybe some rocket and then in the middle there's just a great big salad spinner. Um, so, I, yeah, I had a cheap one, a $5 one from Ikea, yeah, which I accidentally um, Melted? set fire to. Yeah, yes, was. melted. Yeah. How you know? Because that always what happens. They always get melted oh. on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm hoping that Timmy has respected my gift policy and... Yeah. Bought me a salad spinner. See, I love a gift belief because now I feel like I can say to people, mm. look, I don't really believe in gifts. I feel like yeah. as I'm a 53-year-old woman, I don't need anything. And, in fact, what I need is less of things. So mm. I think, yeah, eat, drink, get done to me, like massage or nails. <laughs> hey. Oh, I see. Sorry, like out. a spa voucher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or burn like a candle. Or yeah. indeed a salad spin. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not doing um, gifts with um, some people this year, but we are going to have a nice lunch in the new year. Right. 
so like a lunch together spend right, the money okay. we would have spent on gifts ah, on a, lunch, a nice right. lunch out well um yeah. i bought you mm. some serviettes mm. for christmas <laughs> you did because which i'd requested yes because that's your gift yes. belief it's my gift belief i have bought you the best thing ever yeah um yeah i'm very excited it. about it and it cost me seven whole dollars i know i tell you what mm. people say you're cheap but they'll be wrong mm. um, i would have spent i would have spent twenty dollars oh no i wouldn't i think anyway. i probably spent well hang on i probably spent fifteen dollars on you oh oh no that's pressure yeah, now. I know. Do I have to match your the, the seven fifty or you know, not? It's not about the value. It's about the it's about the emotional value, isn't it? It's about okay. The, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, right. So the reason I went, the reason I got you some serviettes is because I went down to um, eat in a restaurant um, in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, um, mm. which is part of our What's Cooking segment. So. I don't know how we can make that work as a segue, but I'll give it a good crack. But I went down to Middagong to eat at this restaurant called Paste, which is um, run by a woman, a Bangkok chef who um, and her husband, and they've got a hatted um, Bangkok, a restaurant in Bangkok, and they have one in Middagong. So I went there for dinner because I, I wanted to go there forever. And then I just went, you know what, let's just go. And so we went. And Exciting. we stayed in a motel, which is about the serviettes, mm. that was behind the shop where you said to me, can you pop into Barbara's <laughs> storehouse and pick me up some serviettes? I actually would have said pick me up some napkins. <laughs> you did. Because my mother would have brought me up to say napkins and serviettes. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway. Because they have a very good range, don't they, of paper, of nice patterns and they things. They do, and I think you'll be mm. absolutely delighted with the choices I, I made for you. <laughs> Um, but speaking of what's cooking, Lisa, you made a yeah. uh, something that people may not have heard of before. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you've heard of this um, this platform, social media platform called TikTok, Claire. <laughs> and um, on this TikTok platform, there was um, a viral sensation, which is baking the feta and the tomatoes for a pasta sauce. Oh, yeah. Now, I believe you spoke about this earlier in the year and you did it. Um, no, I never anyway, did. Oh, you never did it. I no, thought you did. No. Oh, because you always try everything. I know. Okay, well, I'm only about a year late. Um, and I did make it the other night, Sunday night. Perfect Sunday night dinner. Absolutely delicious. We'll wow. make it over and over again. Wow. And you so know the easy. one. So you, yes, you I get know. it so easy. You get the cherry tomatoes, yeah. block of feta, oil, oil. garlic, mm. um, oregano, chuck it in the oven for 30 minutes until the feta goes brown. Cook the pasta, mush it all together, chuck some basil on top. Right. And it is eat it. It is amazing. Mm. Mm. I think it's a really good one, back to Christmas countdown. You know that bit after Christmas where you just don't want to cook anymore? Yes. It's a really good one for then. You know, I sent you a recipe the other day that I thought would be exactly that, which is another pasta one, actually, which is creamed spinach fettuccine, oh, yeah, which looks nice. really delicious. And I thought that would be the kind of thing yeah. that you could just pop on after a day at yeah. the beach. You know, yeah. or whatever. Oh, God, yeah. for a day at the beach. Wouldn't that be Oh, lovely? yes. <laughs> I read the story. <laughs> it was in The mm. Guardian. But it was it was literally about how, as everyone is kind of starting to kind of come out of the lockdowns, blinking into the sun, as it were, um, 
you've got to sort of reset your finances and think about how you're going to keep your spending in check because Australia keeps on as as it opens up you know all the shops will open and everything will start again and we've got to have a look and we've saved enormous amounts of money haven't we in lockdowns it's like something like um our savings have gone up something like 250 percent it's ridiculous and also there's something like 42 percent of people are planning a holiday because they've got the money to do it now. Because yeah. 55% of us or something saved money this year and last yeah. year. It's quite it's quite good, isn't it? It was, it was quite mm. useful for that. But they they are a bit worried that we're all just going to go <laughs> crazy and just buy spending spree. So there was a story. I have to say, in. when I'm actually in a shop, the urge to just buy everything is really quite overwhelming. Yeah. Like if I go into a nice boutique shop or whatever, yeah. I'm just like, I want everything. I know. I have to not go to the shops. It's funny. Right. Like I've, I've sort of had to retrain myself. And then, mm. as you know, I do like a online scroll mm. shop when I can't sleep. And, you know, I have still been doing that a little bit. But Christmas is good for that because you can buy things for other people. So that kind of takes oh, yes. away the urge a little bit. But, you know, when you're buying people things, <laughs> you just think they're not going to want that. But mm. I do. <laughs> see see the previous segment yes <laughs> so um but there's a few things that they say they say revisit your budget so make sure that you are doing it the right way so not not restricting yourself but just make sure you how much you actually spend not what you want to spend so you can then align your budget and your money goals to your actual spending now that's very wise because otherwise you could say i want to spend 200 dollars on food and then if you don't spend it you'll spend more to spend up to that amount, you know, when actually you could budget accordingly and think about what you actually spend. So um, if you, you also have to think about what you consider essential. So for example, if you didn't need a gym while in lockdown, maybe you can ditch it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's something we can all take away <laughs> from this. Um, and then cancel all those subscriptions for streaming services that you don't really watch, even though you watch them all during lockdown, you're probably not going to watch them all now. Um, curb online shopping so yes for me. yes Claire <laughs> that's for me including meal deliveries and other things automate your holiday fund now that's a useful one so just have automatic transfers that put money aside for a holiday or something like that so that you've got that going and cut yourself some slack which is my favorite one Mm. It says we have to give ourselves a bit of permission to spend a little bit more it's actually okay to go out for an additional glass of wine with a couple of friends Yes, and that's sort of why why I we went out and we had two gin and tonics in the pub and it cost twenty two bucks. I was like, oh my god! That's eleven dollars for a drink. It seems it's quite a lot, isn't it? It it seems like a lot of money when you've been sat at home drinking gin and tonics at home with your Audi gin for a year. Yeah. Um, because obviously some people might know that a bottle of algae gin is twenty five bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and perfectly perfectly drinkable. So um, I was a bit taken aback, but then I thought, well, these poor people have been shut down for the best part of two years. Like you've got to pay staff, you've got to pay rent, you've got to pay. It was a great position. We were sat in the window and watched the world go by. Great location. So that's that's the cost of having a nice drink in a nice pub. In, in Sydney isn't it yeah. like there is a cost so you have to decide whether you want to just stay home on your own forever or go out and rejoin the world and spend a bit of money I mean I feel like yeah I mean it's it's funny how you get used to saving money and so maybe there will mm. be, there'll be this kind of hiccup where people go oh shit I'm not saving any money anymore that's weird or all my savings are dwindling now when I was actually doing so well before but it is because it, our lives didn't 
involve so much more kind of not frivolity but just that sort of I'll buy lunch out here I'll just get a sandwich and you know and like I haven't bought food out for months because Mm. you know I just eat whatever's in the fridge (laughs) bit of apple cheese and a cracker well there's two things we were told it was 10,000 steps you need to do a day right and then last year I think I read a report that said it was 11,000 and I think we yeah. spoke about it on the podcast because we were all like, oh, we've got to do more than we thought. Here we are. Apparently, no. Apparently, it's only 7,500. Yay. So everyone can just take a chill pill. Because 10,000 is quite hard to get to. 7,500 you can get to, I reckon, without trying too much. Well, 7,500 for me is literally walking around the park at my house. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it is doable. I, um, I was trying to do 10 every morning and it does involve looping around a bit to get up to the 10. Like you have to do a bit more than you, than you think. But um, they were saying that if you walk 7,500 steps a day, which takes about an hour or less and corresponds to about five or six kilometres, our chance of dying from any cause in the next two years is about 40% less. And then if you do 11,000 steps, which is the which is sort of, you know, probably optimum, you halve the risk of dying in the next year or two. Isn't that amazing? Mm. It is amazing. Amazing. You know what? Although... Actually, what about dying from any cause? I mean, is that a medical cause? What about if a piano falls out of a building on your head? It's not <laughs> going to affect that, is it? <laughs> well, hopefully you won't be near it. You'll be walking past and you won't, oh, have, I you see. won't have paused. Yes, so okay. Um, All right. I do have a blister on the back of my heel, though, from all the walking. So, you know, oh. swings and roundabouts. So, you know how I said there was a champagne shortage? Mm-hmm. And everyone went, oh, no, it's not. I've got champagne. Apparently, there really is. Um, apparently, two years of COVID has affected the workforce in France. No one is making labels. No one is making corks. People haven't been travelling, so they haven't been able to make the wine itself there's a shipping container sitting outside of sydney harbour can't come in there's nowhere to put them it's costing a fortune so champagne is very very hard to come by and we're all going to have actual french champagne and we're all going to have i wish there was a prosecco shortage because that would stop me getting those vile hangovers (laughs) (laughs) well you know you could pretend that was the problem i'm actually not going to drink prosecco ever again yeah I will wait and see if that's the case next time I see you. Yes. But they, um, so they're basically, I was right, we were all right. We should all stock up on any French champagne we can find. All right. Um, and if it's anything like my Audi, not an ad, um, there won't be any there anyway. <laughs> right. So, it's all gone already. It's all gone. And then quickly, Lisa, let's just do some beauty spot, beauty spot, beauty spot. Beauty spot, beauty spot, beauty You've got spot. quite a lot of beauty spot this week. I have. I felt like I've been neglecting myself a bit, Claire. Mm. So um, I've been treating myself. I've been using Jerleek's Nutri-Define Supreme Rejuvenating Serum mm. with a Biosimio. Mm. Um, I love Jerleek stuff. I think it's really fantastic. Australian-made, beautiful, um, natural products this one um contains the potency of spilanthes flower and horseradish root and snowflake mm. extracts so i don't know what any of that means plus some kind they just of make technology up flower names mm. they do it's really a really lovely product i have to say so i'm using it as a serum after i've cleansed my face now what i've been cleansing my face with claire mm-hmm. is 
this La Roche-Posay cleansing oil. Mm. But just reading up on it now, um, I realise it's actually for your body. Yeah. I've been using it on my face. But I'm sure that's not a problem if it works. I've got a La Roche-Posay cleansing oil, different one to that, for my body in the shower, and it's amazing. Yeah. It makes your skin really soft. It's amazing, and I've really been using it on my face, so I might continue. Yeah. So I've been doing that for the cleanse, um, Gerlique for the serum, and then I've got this Clinique product, um, which I'm loving. It's called Clinique Smart Clinical MD Multidimensional Age Transformer Duo Resculpt and re <laughs> re Is it all the words? It's got, it, you open the little jar and it's got two sides, and one side's like a, um, a white gel, and the other side's like a lilac moisturizer. And you use the gel to um, sculpt where you want sculpting, so like maybe on your jawline. Mm. And that's for sort of sculpting. And then the other side you use where you want to volumize. So it might be like your forehead and then your cheek up, sort of volumize around your cheeks. Um, well, I said to you, didn't I? That I thought you did. looked lovely today when I saw you. Did you did say my face. Fine. I didn't know yeah. it was skincare that was doing that. I think it is the skincare, Claire. Mm. But also I have been using, um, do you like that flower? You know, um, yeah, Drew Barrymore's range. Stuff. I haven't really got into it. I, had a, I bought a, a brow thing once and I wasn't a big fan. But um, you've got something that you like, right? Chemist Warehouse, mm. you buy it. It's cheap as chips. Mm. Um, I have got the primer, which is probably a little bit too moisturising for me as a primer, but I am enjoying using the, um, I think it's nine bucks, Light Illusion Full Coverage Concealer. Mm. It's really good. Mm. And it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's like 11 bucks at Kev, uh, Chemist Warehouse. I've been using so, a um, Thin Lizzy Concealer, which I think is the best I've ever used. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think probably, right. it's probably made of concrete or something because it's really just stays all, <laughs> just stays all day but, and this you... one reminds me a little bit sorry to interrupt of um you know tisha clark actually oh um and i've been using a lip pencil which i read about the other day by indian indian knight you know who's um who yes for the times um she recommends she said oh you have to go and look at this lip pencil because it's really good and it's called l'oreal infallible matte lip crayon and at the moment, in fact, not an ad, they're on sale in Chemist Warehouse for like $12. Um, and they're really, they stay on like you can't get rid of it. It's amazing. And it's just, and it's a really thin. Very matte though, or a little yeah, bit? Yeah, really matte. I don't always like it really matte. Well, see, I do. I like it matte. I yeah. Like it. And I like it just to be bold colour and be really mm. and stay on for a long time. And it's really good. And it was like $11. So thank you, India. Perfect. Thank you. Um, well, that's good. So I think next week will be our last one of the year. Next will week will, yes. Possibly, because you're going yeah. away at Christmas. And it's it will be our last one. Oh, I'm away it? the week. I'm away after that till mm. January. So till like January 10 or 11. We better make it a goodie. Alrighty. Come to the PDAs and tell us if there's anything you want us to, you know, address in the final... I will, I will Claire, thank you. In the final Playing Devil's Avocado <laughs> for the year. Is that um, the best way to contact you, Claire? Or you're not taking my phone calls? <laughs> I refuse to um, pick up anymore. It's just, it's just this barrage of nonsense. It is, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and come here, come to the PDAs and... Ooh, how lovely. Okay, well, thank you. No, I, I thank you. Have you ended? Have no, you ended? I haven't, I haven't ended. Oh, right. so end it now. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>